Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? to this series called Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. It's under our Curious Corner category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, 
jf.foundation. That is j-a-e-f.foundation. I'm excited about this series. We are going to be talking about probably two of the most important ancient realms, and yet they are the focal point of our being and existence. And we are going to explore how these two ancient realms affect each other to move the things that we see with our natural eyes. I think this is going to be epic. The first one is the quantum faith realm, a conduit for the spirit realm. The second is the quantum physics realm. Now, we're all familiar with the word physics, and I'm going to assume that at some point during your school life, you studied about physics. Now, lucky for you, there won't be any take-home assignments after listening to this podcast. Anyways, we all know that our natural world, or this physical world that we live in, is governed by natural law. That is, laws of physics. Like the law of gravity, or the law of lift that enables you to fly across the world, and so forth. Now, there is an interesting subject within physics that has emerged. It's called quantum physics or quantum mechanics. And it has turned the whole physics world on its head. It has turned the whole physics world upside down. Why is that so? Because it operates contrary to the laws of classical physics that we have grown accustomed to. What makes quantum physics really interesting is that it operates very similar to how things operate in the spirit realm, that is, in the kingdom of God. What do we know? Turns out Jesus' miracles, such as walking on water, weren't just myths and fables. So we are going to explore these two realms and see how they feed off of each other because our lives are directly affected by each one of them. Now, if you've listened to one of our series called Science is God's Playground, you've probably heard me make this statement. There are two realms, the spirit realm and the natural realm. The spirit realm is cause and the natural realm is effects, hence cause and effects. So in this series, we are going to connect the main force in the spirit realm called faith or quantum faith and its cousin from the unseen physics world called quantum or quantum physics. This will show us how this notion of cause and effects comes into play, how the physical world runs on top of the spirit realm, and how they are always constantly interacting with each other. Hebrews 1 tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, substance, created the world as we see it today. Faith became matter. And how did it become matter? Through word energy. Speaking the word released the energy into the earth and the energy became matter and manifested in physical form. Our words are so powerful because God created us in His image and His likeness. 
So the quantum world came into being when God said, light be, and light became. And then God used the same words to create the vegetation, the animals. And then interestingly enough, when he came to man, it says God created man out of the dust of the earth. I once heard a Hebrew scholar who taught on this scripture. And what he said is the word dust there better interpreted this way. And God created man out of the minute particles of the totality of all that God is. So God took the quantum realm and created man. But it says he created him after his image and his likeness. And that means that we create our world by the words of our mouth. Because the Word of God says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. What's really fascinating to me is that the more I understand our planet Earth, the more I understand about heaven. And the more I understand about heaven, the more I understand about our planet. You see, Earth was intended, it was always intended to be a copy of heaven. That's why when Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he said, Thy will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is already done in heaven. I mean, you just have to look around and examine how a certain system functions here on earth and you will have some pretty good insight on how the original in heaven operates and looks like. Let's take online shopping for example. When you go onto an online store to make a purchase, it's nothing but a faith transaction. It really is nothing but a trust transaction. That's all that it is. For starters, you can't touch the product, you can't smell it, you can't hear it, you can't taste it, and you can't see it. You can only see a picture of it and see the reviews about it, but those two things, the pictures and the reviews, they give you enough trust in the vendor to go ahead and make the purchase. This is how God's kingdom operates. We can't see it with our natural eyes. We can't hear it. We can't taste it. We can't smell it or even touch it. But we look at the reviews and images we see described in the Bible. And this gives us enough faith. It builds up enough faith within us to go ahead and make the purchase.
for tuning in to the pre-show. Welcome back to episode 10 of Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. In the last episode, we established that when it comes down to it, in the spirit realm, just like in our physical and natural world, both these realms, both these universes that I believe are parallel to each other, operate on two core fundamental principles. And we basically say that the two pillars upon which both these worlds run upon are words and trust. Every transaction, as we shall be, as I shall be uh, bringing more examples to illustrate this, in our own natural world, everything runs on two things words and trust all communication every transaction every interaction is best is built upon two things words and trust it's been that way in the beginning when god created the universe now one of the things i say is that sometimes the best way to understand what something is is fast finding out and determining what it isn't because once you have separated use the, the the separation principle moved everything that it's not into one box or into one corner everything that you're left with becomes what it is so for us to really understand what how how the spirit realm actually operates we start to see how the natural world operates because if if one of the fundamental statements for this whole episode and series of quantum faith meets quantum physics is that the spirit realm is the parent world and the natural realm is the child and if we live in a world of cause and effects the natural world this physical world is the effects realm the spirit realm is where cause happens. Things happen first in the spirit realm. And then we see the effects of that manifested in our natural world. There's spiritual laws, there's natural laws. So we, we, we've gone through all of that and say just because you can't see doesn't mean it doesn't, doesn't exist. Certain animals, most animals probably uh, can hear sounds of higher frequencies or sounds of lower frequencies that human beings can't hear. Uh, sounds of lower frequencies that human beings can't hear. But we don't disqualify that those sounds do exist. Some animals can see light frequencies that human beings can't see. Some animals can even see heat. They can see thermal energy. Human beings can't see thermal energy. So these are some of the things that we've established along the way. And right now it's come down to two things, words and trust, words and trust. Now, we're going to be using so many examples, looking at so many examples to see how words and trust move things, move physical matter. So we're just going to 
you know, get right into it. And in this episode, I really want to challenge you to take the brakes off your mind. This is Curious Corner. And the reason I love these Curious Corner segments is we can allow our minds to be curious and imagine things that don't have a definitive record. That's what adventure is. That's what that's what exploration is. That's what imagination is, is that you may not have a record of it written down, but you have some things that kind of point you towards that direction. So you allow your mind to become curious and you start to imagine what the thing is. So take the brakes off of your mind because there are some things I'm going to say. And at first they will sound far-fetched, but the more you will think about them, you will start to see how it could very well be the reality. Now, we may not probably have it accurately down to its exact details or how it actually is in the spirit realm. But I believe we shall be within the ballpark of what it actually is. Okay, so one of the things I want to do is that also another angle or challenge that I was putting out to you who's listened to this is that and this is all this is like a this is like a plea is that we ought to realize that the invasions being used in the spirit realm is what we essentially need to bring down on earth when Jesus taught his disciples to pray he told them to say thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven some people that statement has a lot packed in it. You can unpack it from a spiritual context, but also you can bring it into the natural context, into this both these worlds, because heaven is a spirit realm. Earth is our natural realm. So if Jesus told them to say, thy will be done in the natural realm as it is done in the spirit realm, For me, this tells me that there are things we need on this earth that are already established and exist in heaven. The original copy already exists in heaven. And I'm challenging whoever's listening to this that the sooner we realize that God is not the enemy of mankind. He's in fact trying to bring the will of heaven. That's his desire to bring what is happening in heaven on earth but for some reason human beings think that god is the enemy and that human beings know better than god but you have to realize there is there's there's a god level of operation there's god knowledge god speed and then there is human knowledge and god's knowledge is way higher than man's knowledge because god has a point of view that human beings don't God knows the end from the beginning. God knows what's going to happen tomorrow. God knows what's going to happen next year, next week, next month. Human beings don't. We can make predictions, but we don't definitively know how it's going to go down. So we are always in this constant uh, batting of heads with God, and we end up developing very low technologies, or we develop a lot of products with a lot of side effects. 
And yet, if we tapped into the wisdom of God, he can give us God ideas and God technologies. I believe that this, uni this, this planet is still operating at the level of good ideas, good technologies, but we are yet to step into the realm of God ideas and God technologies. This, basically, this is how things are done in heaven. And if we can bring it down here on earth, it's game over. It's game over. One of the ways this happens is God would essentially, and, and now here, here I go, but you know, take, take the bricks off your mind because we, we, we're about to step on the Autobahn here. We're about to step on the Autobahn of, of imagination. Buckle up. Take the brakes off. We're hitting the Autobahn of imagination. Okay, let's go. One of the ways this happens is God would essentially release his thoughts into Earth's atmosphere. God would essentially release his thoughts into Earth's atmosphere. Yes. God can release those thoughts about the ideas we need in this planet into our atmosphere and would be able to capture them with our imagination or what I like to think of as what, I, what, I'm, what I'm calling mental receivers. So he releases these thoughts into the atmosphere and your imagination captures them. Now, if God is able to release thoughts into Earth's atmosphere and we can capture them, this statement implies that thoughts are spiritual matter. Moving forward, whenever I talk of spiritual matter, spiritual realm, whatever, I want, I want you to think spiritual matter, spiritual realm as the things that you cannot see, test, hear, smell, touch. Anything you can't discern with with your five senses for the content for here. When I say spiritual, just think, okay, I cannot see, touch it, feel it, smell it, taste it. It's in spirit form. So thoughts are spiritual matter. Of course, thoughts are spiritual matter. I mean, how else can you define them? How else can you define thoughts? Thoughts are spiritual matter. In the beginning, when God brought the animals he had created to Adam, he said God brought the animals to Adam to see what he would name them. And whatever name Adam chose, that became the name of the animal. So my question is, where did Adam get the names when he had never heard about any names? It's easy. It's simple. God just simply gave him access to the database of his names. This, this was a spiritual database with a list of names that he could pull from. Think of it as a spiritual database. And how was Adam able to access it? The reason Adam was able to access it was because before the fall of man, Adam was in spirit communion with God. Basically, 
Adam's spirit was operating at the same frequency as God's spirit. His spirit was in concert with God's spirit. Adam's spirit was in sync with God's spirit. So Adam could think God's thoughts. Adam could think God's thoughts. Adam could tap into these different spiritual databases. And that's something I'm going to be talking about today. As I said, take the bricks off your mind. We are on the Autobahn of imagination in this episode. So, you know, sometimes these things are very hard to conceptualize from our fallen state. Because in this day and age, it's very hard for us to be like, how is that even possible? Well, think think of just the evolution of technology that has happened. If, like... How is it possible that today you have a smartphone that has more processing power and is able to do more things than a laptop, than a computer back then? How is it that you have so much processing power in in a device of so much physical um, that is that is so small? Versus back then when we had these gigantic things, but they had very little capability. Like if you look back, it's, it's, it's like, how, how do we go from black and white to color? How do we go from static to video? How did we go from needing a full room to store a computer to now you just walk around with it in the palm of your hands? The same way you can you can look back and say how like today people like how did we even used to communicate because in our minds we're even losing the sense of awareness that one time we used to be able to communicate without cell phones i I can't even remember how we used to do it how how are we able to do life without social media to communicate to when there were no cell phones it's it's almost the father alone we go away from from that world into our world right now our perception has evolved so much that it's it's even hard to think about how did we used to get around without google maps where did we used to get answers from without saying google this google that we're even almost losing track or reality we're forgetting that part of reality, but it did exist. So you have to understand that things were possible before the fall of man. Because Adam was Adam's spirit was in sync with God's spirit. So he could think God's thoughts. Right now, it's very hard for us to understand the power of words and how words can pull things out of spiritual matter and bring them into the natural realm. Because... Words don't mean anything to us these days. The power of words has fallen down. When the fall of man came, the power of words, whereby you would say something and it would shape matter in an instant, it is something that we cannot even think about. It's something we cannot conceptualize because to us, words have just become for communication. Words are no longer a creative force. But in the beginning, words were all about a creative force. Words were the only creative force that was there. 
And that's what God used. So for me, if that was the original way in which this universe was created, I am not surprised that today this universe, this world, this planet still runs on words and trust. And I'll be explaining some of these things and, and using examples. But I've gotten to a point whereby just because my reality or my perception right now cannot even perceive what it ex how we used to do things back then without Google Maps, without laptops. How did we used to do work without smartphones? How did we used to communicate? I'm, I'm not just going to start writing off that part of history. Right? I may not perceive how it happened, how we used to do life without the technology we have today, but I'm still, I still believe that it's possible to do life without technology and all these things because it, it has happened before. So just because the power of words has fallen down today and words are no longer that creative or they don't have as a much creative force. The creative force between words has been uh, basically uh, kind of deemed, so to say, as a light. It has been deemed. For me, it doesn't mean that in the beginning, 10,000 years ago, a million years ago, that words were not powerful. It would be ignorant for me to think that, okay, it's impossible for words to have created things. And yet I can look at a lower level microcosm here or within our planet and actually see the words and trust still move physical matter. But maybe that has changed the rate at which they move physical matter and, and all those things or shaping it even. But I can't just write off the possibility or say, I'm not going to believe that at one point, the words, let there be light, let there be this, let there be that, didn't actually shape the existing spiritual matter into physical matter. So, to understand how Adam could possibly think the same thoughts as God, let us look at some everyday scenarios. The first thing that I want to establish here or that I want, that I believe all of us can agree on is you cannot see your thoughts because they exist in some form. And the fact that you and someone else across the room or even across continents can share similar thoughts and say things like, I was thinking the same thing. Have you, have you been in a, have you, have you had an interaction with someone and you just both made eye contact? And then after that, when you talk to them, you're like, yeah, I was thinking the same exact thing. Or you could be living on two different continents. And then you message someone and that person says, I was actually just thinking about you. You see, people downplay these little microcosms, these things. But for me, I don't ignore these things because there's a lot of information that we can still draw upon to, 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 to build bigger pictures that for me, I, I just don't take for granted. So 
I have to unpack that scenario and say, how is it possible that me and someone else could be thinking the same thing at the same time without even having spoken? Now, it can happen if me and them are in the same room and we make eye contact, but I mean, how is it possible that they could be on another side of the world? And then the moment I message them, they say, I was just thinking about you. How do these things happen? Oh, how does this come to be? Because that thought is spiritual. It's in spiritual matter. And I want to, I want you to think of it, to, to think of it like a, like a spiritual modem, so, so to say. So there's a spiritual modem that is sending out wireless signals. Now, listen to this statement. Every, every human interaction. So let's look at uh, this human interaction. I thought about someone because at the same time or over a certain number of days, I kept tuning in to the channel, so to say. Basically, I, I kept pinging it. So when when you when you um, the best way to explain this is like okay so th there's there's like a spiritual antenna or there's like a there's a spiritual tower of communication now we're this is what I'm saying we're now thinking how is communication how how do we in the natural world end up thinking spiritual things. I'm saying, where are those spiritual databases? Where are the transmitters? Where are the signal distributors? Where is, where is all of this happening? It's happening in the spirit realm. We can't see it. But I, I thought about someone because at that same time or over a certain number of days, I kept tuning into that channel, to that frequency, so to say, basically pinging it. And since that signal connection was established initially by the two of us when we first interacted, so whenever I sort of disturb that signal, there's a ripple effect. Um, okay, let's look at another example. I think, I think this will kind of help kind of explain things in more detail. Let's, let's look at this example. Two people in a room, never met before, but see each other across the room and an attraction signal communication is established, right? Now, the receptiveness of the ensuing communication depends on, on the strength of the first visual connection that is sent out. And if those two signals are at the same frequency, the attraction becomes so strong that maybe the girl starts to, uh, from the guy's point of view, the courage that, that, that he develops to stand up and approach her after the event is because every thought signal 
communication that was sent back and forth during the event. They were in the same room when they were seated across from each other, had the same signal frequency. D do you see what I mean? Like, like, think about it. You and you, you, you and someone else in, in the same room never met before. By the time the at the end of the event, the guy stands up to go talk to the girl, or the girl stands up to go talk to the guy. There is a lot of signal communication that has been happening, and the only reason as to why the two people in a physical sense will stand up and start walking towards each other is because all signal communication previously was operate was operating at the same signal frequency. That's also how you can say attraction is built is there's a signal frequency that both those people are operating at. And so that drives them in the natural to come together. But the signal frequencies that have been established are, are spiritual matter. I don't know if you see that. So this is the anatomy of human relationships and communication. This is how this happens. So in your, in your everyday, in your everyday, um, like with every person that you have ever met and why you'll, 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 you'll message someone and say, I was just thinking about you as well is because it, you know, just you, you think about it is any, any signal, kind of like any any signal um, transmitter, modem, or any any tower, basically, is always sending signals. It's always uh, radiating signals. So when when you when you meet with someone, when when you meet with someone. There's basically both of you are connected onto like that spirit, that, that tower of communication. It, it think of it. Uh, so, so it's like this tower that both of you kind of are connected to. So as I'm going about in my day and I and I'm just doing my work and then I somehow my mind starts to ping that tower about someone right there's a ripple effect since both of us were connected on the same frequency we established like a connection it's almost like telephone lines or electric lines so anytime i think about them i disturb that frequency and they receive the ripple effect right it's, it's like a ripple effect think about it like if you throw a stone in water it it creates waves Right? There's a ripple effect. And the, if I'm on this side, I can receive the ripple effects and see them even though I may not be at the source. Like I can see those waves coming towards me. So the anatomy of communication is for us to be in a place where like, oh, I was also thinking about you. is because in that moment, I was kind of pinging that tower with my thoughts about this person 
and creating ripple effects. And as well, they felt the ripple effects because they are connected to that line of communication that me and them established on this spiritual tower. So that's why someone can be across the continent and, and you'll be like, yeah, I was also just thinking about you. Like this very second, because the moment when you thought about them, the first person to think about the other one um, created a ripple effect. And then the other person, if they're tuned in, they will basically, you know, receive that ripple effect. And then that will cause them to message each other in the natural Let that sink in. This is very interesting to me. Like, this is very, very interesting to me. So it, someone might say, man, how do you know that there's all these spiritual towers where all these, these thoughts are kind of pinging off of each other and, and, and uh, basically radiating all these signals? Now, we are going to look at the human, the, 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 we're going to look at human anatomy and I'm inclined to believe so. So now let's look at this other example. So we are first asserting that there's got to be these spiritual towers of communication, whereby if I know someone, there's a, there's a line of communication that has been established between me and them but it's connected to uh, uh, like a signal transmitter or, uh, or like a thought tower somewhere in the spirit realm. I can't see it. And that's because when I think about them, I disturb basically uh, the wavelength of that signal. It causes ripple effects. And sometimes if it's strong enough, if it's very strong enough, it, it, it comes back to them. They feel it. In fact, do you know what's very unique is because I was just talking to a friend of mine recently and I spent three days thinking about them, but I wasn't messaging them. I was, I was thinking about them, thinking about them, thinking about them. And I don't know why I just kept putting off messaging them, but I was, I'll think about them, think about them. And then eventually he messaged me, they messaged me. And I was like, dude, I was actually thinking about you. And it was almost like I disturbed the frequency so much that he was receiving so much ripple effect on his side that he just messaged me. And I was like, oh, dude, I was, I was thinking about you and, and you beat me to it. So if I disturb the, the wavelength of the signal of, 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 of interaction, of communication, of relationship between me and this person, strong enough sometimes, that person, if they also follow through with the ripple effect of this signal that they receive the disturbance, they will message you. Right? So it was, it was really cool, but this happens all the time. This happens all the time. So I'm asserting that we communicate through already existing, excuse me, I'm asserting that we communicate through already existing spiritual thought towers. They are central spiritual communication towers, if I may. 
there are these central spiritual communication towers, if I may. Now, let's look at one of them. For efficiency in the spirit realm, let's say, for instance, there is a love tower. For efficiency in the spirit realm, there is a love tower. Right? How, I mean, just even using the explanation of, of you know, like attraction in a room. How are those signals being transmitted? How do you, how do you get, how are those signals being transmitted? How do you get attracted to someone, you know, like you're both in a room, not even seated together that, you know, maybe they were touching you or whatever, but an attraction was built with this other person across the room. How is that signal transmitted back and forth? How do you have verbal communication? How do you have non-verbal communication? There's a tower. There's a spiritual tower of communication that you don't see. God's already designed these things for efficiency. So let's say there is a love tower. Just like we can all have, just like we can, like in the natural realm, just like we can all share the same service provider, but have different modems inside our houses, and then put and then we put passwords on them to restrict to restrict access. The same thing happens with our human anatomy of communication and interaction. It's a scripture says God is love. So there, there, there is a love tower in the spirit realm that all human beings stop from. God is love. God is the source of all love that you feel in this universe. All love comes out of God. God is love. God is light and God is spirit. In the Bible, there are three things that are, that the, that are almost like definitions of God. There's probably only three things that it says God is this. Other things it says God is able to do this. God can do this. God, But it says... Um, you see, it doesn't, you, 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 you say, it, it says God is spirit, God is light, God is love. They're almost like the three, uh, definite, uh, definite definitions when the Bible tries to, you know, explain that God, God, God is There's three statements. God is spirit. God is love. God is light. So there's a, there's a love tower, a tower of love signals in the spiral that all human beings stop from. There is, basically what I'm saying there is a service provider of love in the spiral. We know God is love, but now for efficiency, uh, think of it as like, a, like there's a love tower in, in the spiral. Now, our mind, will, and emotions, or our soul, is just our own personal hub, or modem, so to say. Your mind, your will, and your emotions, or your soul, is just your own personal hub, or it's just your own modem. But there's a service provider of love, and God is love. So he is a service provider. 
Now, so I'm 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 kind of showing you how it is in the spirit and also defining it with 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 examples in the natural realm. So there is a service provider the same way you you would have a service provider here in the natural realm. Now, in the natural realm, you would have your own internet modem in your house, your router, right? Likewise, our mind, will, and emotions, or our soul, is our own personal router. Now, your physical body is the hardware that carries all the software. Your physical body is the hardware that carries all the software. Okay, let us look at the DNA code makeup, and this will shine more light on, on, on what I'm trying to say. Now, there's different sites or resources that you can go to for this, but according to Veristas Genetics, this this is one of the this is a source I'm referencing from. It says a real human genome is 6.4 billion letters, best pairs long, not 3.2. It's 6.4 billion letters long, not 3.2. Goes to say, we also know that the human brain has roughly 100 billion neurons. Now, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna read this. This is an excerpt on brain circuits by Harvard Medical School researchers. They say, to understand the cerebral, context, uh, the cerebral cortex, the outside of the brain, this is what we use to perceive, to remember and plan things, the outside part of the brain, the cerebral cortex. To understand it, we'll, we would like to go one circuit at a time, and a circuit is roughly 10,000 neurons with tens of millions of connections between those neurons. With it, it, this circuit of communication, it roughly has, it involves roughly 10,000 neurons. Now these 10,000 neurons are with, with approximately have 10,000 neurons, but now they have about tens, it's tens of millions of connections between these 10,000 neurons. So if you put these 10,000 neurons together and you draw lines from one neuron to the other, all around, or every one to each other, there's about roughly tens of millions of connections between these neurons. Now, to understand one of these circuits, basically, you would really want two things. You really want to know what the circuit does and how it does it. Okay? How the mind works is one of the greatest mysteries in nature. Now, for me, when I read this, someone else, things just don't happen without a reason. To, to, to understand why would, why would human beings, why would this even be happening? What's the purpose of tens of millions of connections between 10,000 neurons? And 10,000 neurons is just how many nodes are in a circuit. And then you have about mil millions of, of, of node connections. So remember that I say that let's look at the DNA code makeup on the brain. So this is basically what we have. 
And what I say is that your physical body is just the hardware that carry through which all the software operates. Think of it like that. So then ask yourself this, why would our hardware, the brain and DNA code be wired up this way? What's the whole point of having millions of connections? What's the point of having all these neurons? What's the point of having it, you know, 6.4 billion pairs? I mean, why does the human brain need 100 billion neurons? You see, for me, I look at this, I look at the makeup of the software, I mean, the hardware, our minds, and that tells me that these billions of spiritual towers, there was, there was billions of spiritual towers that already existed that God knew we needed and we would communicate through these. I look at how the hardware looks like and that tells me the capacity of the software. You see, if you took a cell phone today and you, you basically opened it up and you took one of those big, let's say, cell phones that we used to use back in the day. If you open the back of them, you'd see that our, our smartphones today, they, they just have more connections. So I would look at both of those and I would say, okay, it, it's, it's more probable that a smartphone today has more software running through it because it needs more, it has more hardware connections. Like if I look at the circuit board, if you look at the circuit board, you would see that there's more connections on there in a smartphone today versus a, a, like, like a regular phone. Let's say a Nokia 3310. You would see if you looked at the circuit board, you'd say, okay, this, this circuit board here probably requires more software. It has more software running through it than this other one here. Because mankind was created, the natural world was created after the spirit world. So God knew best off of the existence of billions of spiritual towers that he was creating someone that was going to communicate through these towers. Our communications with each other down here, you know, it's all through spiritual towers. So then, then, I, then, then this, is, this is another statement that I want you to look at. Spirits don't need physical cell phones to communicate because they are already existing in that same frequency. Spirits don't need physical cell phones to, to communicate because they are already existing in the same realm or form of their communication. Right? God created mankind's brain and DNA code based off of the existing network of infinite thoughts and possibilities and networks that already existed before mankind was created. Just think, give, give it some thought. The first thing I said is, is it 
spirit in the spirit realm the spirit is already existing in spiritual matter thoughts of spiritual matter so for them they're already operating at that frequency they don't need physical cell phones to communicate like human beings do um they're already existing in the same realm or, or the, the same form of their communication god created mankind's brain and dna code based off of the spiritual uh, network blueprint because in the spirit realm, it's it's a realm of infinite thoughts and possibilities. That's the quantum realm. The quantum realm is a realm of infinite um, of, of infinite realm of infinite possibilities. The spirit realm is the same, and scientists are just discovering that so so many possibilities exist exist within quantum physics or quantum mechanics. But this we know already of the spirit realm. The spirit realm is a realm of infinite possibilities. So God mapped our DNA code and our hardware according to the spiritual blueprint, according to the spiritual network that already existed before mankind was created. Now, there's something else that's also very interesting here. It's almost like a segue. For me, evolution, this whole theory i mean if, if, if we if we're using the same logic and reasoning evolution of man as part of the evolution theory of evolution it becomes a joke why because evolution would have needed prior knowledge of some pre-existing spiritual circuit networks before it started to bring man into being right whether you side with God creating mankind or you believe that mankind evolved, the complexity of our brains and the billions of connections between them and then our genetic makeup, both creative forces, God, or if you believe in the evolution as a creative force, you believe, whatever you believe in, both these creative forces needed to have a guiding transcript while creating mankind. They needed to. So evolution would need to have evolved all these pre-existing thought connections, love, romance, um, uh, hate, all of these things. Evolution would have needed to, to have evolved all of these pre-existing thought connections and patterns and possibilities and all these spiritual thought towers, and then come down into Earth's atmosphere and start evolving mankind after the same plan. So for me, it's just a joke. And that's even, <laughs> that's not even factoring in the whole theme of the whole, this whole concept of chance, because with evolution, it's things happen by chance. So there would have been chance for uh, uh, um, a love connection needed, a, a love spiritual tower, a hate spiritual tower, a fright, fear, courage, all of these things, all of these signal communications that we use today, nonverbal communication, all these cues. Evolution would have needed to have evolved these pre-existing thought connections. And then after that, started evolving mankind according to the same plan. So, again, let's take love. 
Think of this love tower in the spirit realm. It's where all of us start from. Now, there's different connections that we have with the love tower. Now, office love, meaning the, 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 the relationship between colleagues is communicated at a different wavelength and frequency and it is unrestricted to some degree, meaning that at the office, you have open lines of, of love communication. I'm trying to say like, you, 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 you know, ignore that work colleagues that you hate or you dislike, but I'm saying the people that you have a genuinely good relationship with, I'm trying to say that at the office, the communication channels that we are communicating with are unrestricted to some degree and they're open lines of communication or fellowship or relationship. We, we, in essence, use generic lines, right? Now, in the same essence, when I want to communicate with my spouse, I, I, I in essence, I share the same Wi-Fi password with them, so to say. It's kind of like in a house, like, like if you have a, uh, an internet router somewhere, like we use a specific password to access that Wi-Fi, right? So in the scenario of thinking about someone, like we're saying, oh, I was just thinking the same thing or I was thinking about you. The emotion of the feeling comes from a spirit thought signal or communication. Like there's a signal sent out, it's received, and that feeling is triggered. When you meet with someone new, basically, that's why in my mind, I, I picture these spiritual towers because these infinite forms of communication that you can have with different people. You can, you can have six different kinds of communication with the same person. You can have a husband-wife uh, line of communication with them. You can have a friendship line of communication with them. You can have uh, communication uh, lines between you and your spouse regarding your children. There's different channels that all of this is operating through. So when you meet with someone new, a new transmission is created. It is created. So when you hear that the, the, the cerebral cortex, the outside of the brain that we use to perceive, to remember and plan things, when you hear that, it, that, first of all, the human brain has 100 billion neurons, and now you think about the outside of the brain, the cerebral cortex, and, and you've got like these circuits, right? On, on these brain circuits, that, that each circuit is roughly 10,000 neurons with tens of millions of connections between these neurons, it's because we have that many communications happening around the world today. We do. So when you meet with someone new, for instance, a new transmission is created and now the experiences enhance it or not, or they make it stronger. So it becomes like a signal. The, the more experiences you have with that person, like different signals, you know, it's strengthened, right? So any, so when, when there is like nonverbal communication, I like to think of it as um, 
like, like think, think of like, oh man, this, like we could go deep. Like we could just, okay. You know, like for instance, how do you, how are you able to trust someone else and look at them as a safe person to be around that you've never met versus another person? How do you think you're processing that? There's, there's, a, there's a trust signal emitter and receiver in you and there's a trust and signal you know also trust whatever receivers tower set up in the spirit realm and basically when both of you are in the same presence you are basically you have access to it and you're checking you're pinging it and pinging it and something goes on inside of you says i don't trust this person right so when you say I don't trust this person or something doesn't feel right, it's because there's actually like when you when your signal transmitter communicator with that tower, that tower has a record of all the breaches of trust that this person has created with other people around them. So you are able in essence to access that and you're able to know. And that's why when you're connected with the Holy Spirit of God, who knows everything, you can, you, sometimes you may not, you, you have these very strong actions, or oh, don't go there, or don't message that person, or don't talk to that person, or don't do this, don't do that. It's because the Spirit of God is giving you open access to the database about this person. It knows. But how do you think this database was created? It's because this person has had several communications or breaches of trust with this tower. And so that's on record in kind of like this spiritual database. Anyways, so the anatomy of, of, of communication is very interesting to me, but I can basically look at how our brains are wired and look at our physiology, uh, look at how our bodies are created. And I can kind of base off of that and say, okay, if our brains are wired this way, that means this is for a purpose. And then I start to say, okay, there's got to be a spiritual network with all these towers of communication that exist somewhere. And we're all tapping through those. And the hardware is just our bodies. But there's already software, you know, signals being transmitted. All of these are spiritual matter software. You know, the same thing happens in the natural. So anyways... If we're to look at our, again, as we were talking about that both these worlds are happening and moving on words and trust in our blockchain and cryptocurrency examples that we're talking about, everyone can see where the digits are coming from and where they're going. And so technologies are being built around these pillars to bring these words or these digits to pass while ensuring that there is no breach of trust during the process. This is basically the, how, 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 how blockchain technology works. Everyone can see where the digits are coming from, where they're going, and now technologies are being built around these two pillars of words and trust and also trying to ensure that there's no breach of trust during this process of communication. But God, God has been doing business through, so to say, blockchain technology since before time, and we're just catching up to him. Every transaction or interaction 
that happens in this physical world, business, personal relations, romantic relationships. I mean, this whole world transacts and interacts on two key pillars. That is trust and words. When you bring down everything, and no, no one, none of us can disagree with this. It's the same. So if every transaction we have in this world, communication, whatever it is, is, is built upon two principles, words and trust, that means every problem we have in this world, I'll even go as far as saying probably 99% of our problems in this world are as a result of a breach of these two things words and trust so this is a good segue for us to introduce um another example of how we can actually see uh, just another really some really other cool examples of how words and trust shape physical matter and move physical matter in our world today so we're going to take a break for now, and yeah, there's a lot for us to think about. I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking about a lot of things that I was also saying, and, and it's just very interesting. Just take some time and, and, and really think about how do these things actually work, and, and you'll start to see that these patterns, that there's got to be something behind that we can't see that is causing signals to move. How are you, how is an attraction built in a room between two people who have never spoken or met that propels them to move towards each other at the end of the event or the end of the, you know, how do you end up, you and someone across different parts of the world saying, I was just thinking about you. How do these things happen? There's got to be signals that are transmitted. And we know this because our brains have these connections. We have the hardware. If the hardware is there, we can map the software off of the hardware. We can map the spirit world based on the hardware that we have in the natural world. That's how I want to kind of end this episode just for you, for you to think about these things. Thank you for tuning in. I'll see you in the next episode. Selah. This was episode 10 of Quantum Faith Meets Quantum Physics. In the next episode, we'll continue exploring how these two pillars of words and trust are actually at the core of every interaction in our world today. We'll look at different scenarios where words and trust actually move physical matter around, but we just haven't looked at it in this context. Your host for today was Calvin Kabanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Everywhere signs and symbols